Welcome to this week's episode of Ask Dr. Jessica. I am your host, Dr. Jessica Hockman. In this episode, I talk to my friend and media expert, Riaz Patel, and we talk about how the media is designed to influence our way of thinking. Throughout the pandemic, many of us have spent countless hours watching the news media to receive our information about COVID-19. And while we all know that the media gives us information, we also intuitively know it directly influences how much we worry. So in this episode, Riaz will explain how the news media operates, and hopefully he will influence you as he has influenced me to give less attention to my screen. Hello, Riaz. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, you. Hi. I'm really excited to have Riaz here. Um, He's a really good friend of mine, and myself working as a physician, it's been such a, a help to have a friend who is a media expert, especially in the last couple of years navigating through COVID, because as we all know, there's been a lot uh, to think about with COVID and we get a lot of our news from the media and it's hard to really know how much of it to worry about, how much to glean from it. Um, So I wanted to bring Riaz on. He is uh, an expert in media. His shows have been filmed in 21 countries. I love bragging about you because you're so impressive. Um, he's been fil- <laughs> his shows have been filmed in 21 countries, um, been distributed worldwide by companies like Discovery, A and E, MTV, NBC, Universal, Hulu, and Netflix. And he's been nominated for two Emmy Awards and an NAACP Image Award. Um, so let's let's get into it. How how are you, Riaz? I'm good. I'm looking forward to this intersection of media and medicine because it's become our lives for the past two years is the intersection of what medicine is and then what the media is depicting it as to everyone else out there. And it's, it's a, it's a strange world to live in. That's true. I think it's been more apparent that that's the case uh, more than ever in the last couple of years, because yes, COVID has definitely affected all of our lives and we want to know what to do and how to handle it and how to best navigate our lives through COVID. And we tend to go to the media um, but then I think we're all aware that the media is also a place of anxiety. It's a source where we we can worry if we pay too much attention. So there's that struggle finding the balance. Um, so so talk talk to us, Riaz. Like tell me tell me how how should parents be thinking about this? And parents, and, and I'm one just like you. Um, and what was interesting about our experiences in COVID is that you were obviously on the front line working, and my husband runs a nursing home. So. We we didn't have a lot of people who wanted to hang out with us <laughs> with, the, with the potential exposure, so we we hung out together after a few months. And so, you know, it, it, I do want parents and and myself as a parent to know that the media engine that is bringing you the edits you're seeing is very deliberate. That it is not random. It is not there to bring you the truth. It is not there to bring you balance or nuance. It is there to bring you what you like so that you will like it more, and those likes will convert into purchases or ad sales, and that's how it works. It's to keep your eyes glued. And that's something people really need to know, that whatever side they're looking at, they are not being given an objective, balanced truth. In fact, I think I've spent seven years, because it bothered me so much when friends stopped ta- started stopped talking to each other, that I for seven years I've been bringing people together in this divide, to talk, you know, friends, uh, neighbors, friends who stop talking to people, 10 people, 70 people in rural Alaska and downtown DC, just bringing them together to talk about the issues and seeing when they connected and more importantly, when they didn't and why. 
And after seven years, it, it, I think there are two parts to the problem. I think the problem originates in the screen world. And I call the screen world anything you're holding in your phone, your phone, your TV, it's the screen world. That the problem starts in the screen world, that we have two different truths coming at us. That someone can look at their phone and it says the truth is A. 100% the truth is A. Here are hundreds of sources to back up what you believe. Everyone you know believes what you believe, except those two cousins you stopped talking to. The truth is A. And then on the other side of a wall in the same apartment building, someone is looking at their phone and it says the truth is B. 100% the truth is B. Here are hundreds of sources. Everyone you know, except those other people you stopped talking to, agrees with you. And so the first part of the problem comes from the screen world, that we get these two different truths curated to us coming. And now the real problem is we can't talk about our different truths in the real world. We can't talk about it at Thanksgiving because, you know, Uncle Ron may go on a tear. You know what? Let's not even go this year. And we can't talk about it at work because I know people didn't written up for asking things the wrong way. And we can't talk about it at school because you'll be shouted down or canceled. And so we end up with these two completely different truths when almost always I have found as I'm bridging people constantly in this divide, the truth is somewhere in the middle, mm. that it's not either or, it's some version of both, but your media is curated to give you either A or B, not both. And so that's really key that you are getting what you will like, what you already believe, and you're getting it more and more. And the thing that makes it more nefarious is that the easiest way for social media, let's use Facebook, to engage you is through anger. And what Facebook does is it sells your attention span. So the easiest way to activate you to stay watching something and keep engaged and your eyes looking is to be angry. That is, that is research. It's the easiest way to activate you. To, you have to watch the news or your whole family could die tomorrow. Watch at six o'clock. So it really, it's, it's designed to provoke you into fear. And then as you're fearfully looking at this, these ads come by. That's what Facebook is selling. They're selling your attention span. And the more they can get your attention span, the more ads appear before you. But the easiest way, the most used button in Facebook is anger. The likes and then anger. And so when people are feeling this rage, it is entirely designed that way. And so I really want parents, no matter what your feed is, unless you are actively curating it like I do, to see everything, like liking things I don't agree with because I need to see what's out there. Unless you're actively doing that, you are seeing one half of the story. And whatever half you're seeing, it's designed to make you scared and afraid. That you didn't see stories of the 100 million people who were asymptomatic with COVID. You saw all the outliers on the news. Now, that, does, that means, again, we're not either or. We're both. COVID is real. You and I both know that. We've spent a year dealing with that. It is real. But your media is only showing you the worst side not the worst as it sits in context in a country of 330 million. And so I really want parents to know that when you are quarantined in your home and you're leaning into your screens because you can't go anywhere else, the reason you're feeling more anxious, more worried, more afraid is because it's designed that way. And so you will not get tons of stories of hope or balance or it's going to be okay because that doesn't keep people engaged or that doesn't spread as virally as rage and fear do. And so that's really key for parents to keep in mind. I wish somehow it did. I wish I wish the the true balanced media that gave the full story was the winner, but I know that's just not reality. I know it doesn't make the money. I think about when I was younger, you know, the news would come on with either Peter Jennings or Dan Rather for about an hour. 
and we'd see you know the what's going on in the world for an hour and then move on and now it is constant it is a constant state of bringing you news and information but it's not bringing you news and information just to like it it's bringing you things that make you afraid and scared and angry and it wants you to like those that that to me is the darkest part of social media and the media world is not that it brings you what you like more of that and you're like oh i believe in this it brings you what you don't like what you are angry at what you hate for you to like it to thumbs up it to heart it and that's a weird muscle that we're cultivating on a daily hourly basis is liking hating things rias can you describe what it looks like in the media room so I remember once you were telling me what it looked like when you went to a news station and how yes. they pick what to what to display on the news. Can you can you explain that? I was shocked and the reason why I like having this conversation is because I'm inside the room. I know these producers, I know these editors, and I was at a very large multinational news organization. You can maybe guess what it was, and I was in the Washington bureau and I was being given a tour by a friend I know from college. I'm in the media. And there was this large digital board, huge digital board, in front of all the reporters. And what it had was the most searched words on the internet that minute. And the reporters for this news organization, trusted name and news, face that board, and they try to use as many as they can or try to link them in because that will be algorithmic rocket fuel for their stories. And no news organization, left or right, is doing it out of the goodness of their heart. They must show profits, and they must show quarterly profits. So every new story has to get the most likes and engagement to be able to satisfy ad sales. So I was shocked. I was totally shocked. And I asked the guy, can I tell people that that's there? Can I take a photo? And he's like, no, no, don't take a photo. And I was like, okay, but I, I'll probably tell people for the rest of my life that I saw it because I was horrified. I didn't know that's how it worked. I, I, I know in my world, in unscripted docu we adjust things for story but we're entertainment we're not news when i started watching edits coming out both sides where they had actually doctored the footage to create a story that that shocked me that i was like oh they've they've gone to what we're doing but we're entertainment we're not news and so that's what i want people to know is everything you see in the screen world everything even your own social media depiction of you yourself is an edit. And that edit is always designed for the same reason, more likes. More likes means more ad sales, more engagement, more money. That's how the whole thing works. So no one is putting anything out there without the intention of how do I get the most likes? And the most likes come by appealing to the ends, the fringes on the ends, which is not to say they're not true, but in context, most of the things you see on the news are the outliers. That's why they're newsworthy. Right. And I think that's, that's, that, that, that is there, that media is designed and always replenishes itself to put you on the edge, to push you to fear. That's, that's what it does. And I think to your point um, about how it's the extremes, the fringes that really are what uh, the news wants to cover, I, I think that's really true. And I, I think what's hard with COVID is so much of the issues, I believe the answer often lies with nuance. You know, it's not a, it's not a, a one size fits all for everybody with with how to manage COVID and how to how to live our lives. Um, and I think what's hard is the nuance isn't exciting. You know, the nuance isn't newsworthy. The topic of a lot of our walks was what's happening to the world because it's splitting apart 
based on duality, A or B, when it really is always something in the middle. I come from five generations of doctors. And so I grew up in a family where my dad had patients coming to the house where someone would come in holding their bleeding finger and I would take them and offer them a glass of water. And so I have a real, in my bones, love of medicine. I was pre-med. Um, I wanted to be a psychiatrist. And so watching what medicine and science have been turned into in this debate of it's all black or all white just made me very sad, made me very sad that there's, there's so little of the conversation now with your doctor. It's like, give me what I've asked for because I saw it on TV. You know, and that's a weird way for medicine to exist, for the screen to lead the medical diagnosis. And I think you make a good point about how um, so many friendships, so many relationships have been severed because of yeah. what we're seeing on the screens. And of course, tragedy has happened. So many people have suffered and lost from COVID. But I, mm -hmm. I, I'm sure everybody listening can think about um, someone they know or in their own life where a relationship has been affected because they see COVID differently. And it is really sad because mm -hmm. I'm sure the media has played a role. A huge role. And I think part of the lockdown and the quarantine specifically for a lot of us in more lockdown areas like California, as opposed to Florida, that in more lockdown areas, because we were locked down, it made us go deeper into our screens. And I think that was where, if that was your only source of information and you weren't seeing your friends regularly to say, what do you think? What do you think about this? And, and I think that, that ability to have conversations, to say, what are you seeing on your side? I'm only seeing part of the truth. What are you seeing? What do I not know? It's so key because the next wave is deep fake videos, which means that you'll, you'll be seeing presidents saying things they never said. It's entirely CGI. And so unless you have those trusted people you know in the real world who have you, your morals, and you're going to need to talk to them and say, wait, wait, did you see this? Because I don't even know if it's real. And so those relationships in the real world with people on the other side, other sides, different, are going to get more and more important because the truth is almost always somewhere in the middle. And your phone is giving you one algorithmic half. And the only way to find out the other half is to either push, fight uphill like a salmon swimming up steel like I do and keep curating my media to see everything or having those relationships with people who think differently to say, did you see this? What do you think about it? What are you guys getting? Because this story that you're saying is not even on my side. That's so weird. Like, I'm not seeing this at all. You need those real world connections to know what is truthful out there. I actually feel really lucky as a physician because I, I talk to families individually that I might feel differently um, about certain things. And I, I often find if you really listen and you hear their perspective, it gives an understanding of where they're coming from and it makes, it makes the differences okay. I mean, so for example, like I'm a big proponent of vaccinations, for example, but someone uh, may come in and say, you know, uh, my five-year-old already had COVID. Maybe they had it a second time and I'd like to just wait a few months. And I don't think, um, you know, everything should be a one size fits all. And so I do think, I do agree with you. Like when you talk to people and you actually have conversations, it softens these feelings of, of differences from one another. And I do agree that the, that so many people think someone's right and someone's wrong, and the and the answer does often fall in the middle. So many times in this pandemic world, when we were home and and we just leaned into our screens, that's where the rift started happening because there was no nuance. Edits don't have nuance; they present a side. They don't really present both sides balanced because the advertisers don't pay for the middle audience. 
they pay for what's known as their, their core audience. And so those conversations that bridge don't really get the ad sales or the algorithm support. And so they're very hard to find. And so that's why people's opinions become more and more black and white, because you don't see as much gray in the, in the media world, in the screen world. It's all black and white. So Riaz, what should we do? Like, for example, if if someone listening is a parent like myself, and, and we're consciously aware that the media has its leanings, that they need to run stories for their ad sales to to make a profit, um, what's the answer? Is it is it turning the media off? Is it curating somehow, as you mentioned? Is it taking breaks? Like, what, what would you advise to a family listening so that we get the best information that we're not misguided and that we, um, you know, live our live our yeah. best lives? A, a few things. One, I would say for sure, for sure, for sure, turn off notifications. Turn okay. off notifications because they are of everything, of social media, of news, unless it's something work-based that you need to get that email, turn off all notifications because the notifications even are there to poke you back to come to the screen. That when you see it light up, oh, you, it, it, it's, it's like Pavlov's dog. Oh, I have to get rid of that. A red bubble, I have to get rid of the one. I have to get rid of the two emails I haven't read. So notifications for sure, turn off. It's very funny, it's hard to turn off notifications. Like you go into Facebook, it's tricky to find exactly where you do it because they don't want you to do it. So turn off notifications across the board. I would absolutely look at some of these bridging news sites. There's one called All Sides um, that is looking at the slant of all the, saying that, for example, Ukraine, it'll say the left media reporting this way, the right media is reporting this way. It just shows you that there's information you're not seeing. I do think that we have a real disconnect in the real world of human connection. And Having spent seven years bringing people together and watching again when they connected, when they didn't, this, actually next month, April 30th in Anaheim, um, we are launching, it's called Connect Effect. And what it is, is essentially, it's a 60-minute entertainment show. You come in, there's music, there's, but it's what we describe it is as a hard reset of humanity, that screens are put away and we spend 60 minutes with a group of 50 to 100 strangers just connecting in a human-to-human way to remind us that the screens, the screen world is one very specific part of our lives, but the real world, the real solutions are going to come in the real world. And that humanity really needs to be experienced in person with true connection and vulnerability. And when you connect, people talk. And when they talk openly and honestly, they understand. And the understanding deepens the connection. And that's actually what the connect effect is. So think, aside from leaning away from the screens, we have to find a way to lean into humanity again. And in a post-COVID world, it's hard. I think that really resonates, like less less media time, um, less screen time, and more conversation with, with real people. A media break, I highly recommend. Yes. Even like a weekend, people people can't get their head around it. They're like, no. Yes. It's amazing how many times you'll, you'll reach for it and then you'll realize, oh, I don't need it. I could just go back to what's around me in the real world. You know, Riaz, this might... Um this might not sound realistic for most people listening, but I actually don't ever watch the news. I don't even know how to turn our TV on, actually, um, which is uh, kind of embarrassing myself. But I think, honest, I think having children has really helped with that because I don't want my kids to be hearing mm-hmm. the news and, and the sensationalism and and um, mm-hmm. sad stories. So I, I I don't turn the news on. I really try to stick to reading, you know, the medical journals. And honestly, um, if I have questions, I, I have trusted friends that are in medicine. So I feel lucky and fortunate in this, in this way. And I'll talk with them and I'll have conversations. And I think that 
has really helped me personally not get caught up and wrapped up into the, the media frenzy. I do think stepping back from the news is a huge help. And, and I still, again, talking to trusted friends, I still know what's going on, but I absolutely don't want to lean into the panic and fear because that, that only leaves me unresolved. And that's what I want people to realize is put down your screen. That is the screen world. It's all edits. It's, every edit has an intention. The real world is nuanced. The real world is where solutions are. The real world is full of people with deeply valid experiences just like you. That's who you need to collaborate with. Very well said, Riaz. <laughs> we talk about, it's funny how much we've talked about this because you and I go on these walks and we're like, what is going on? Because Miles would come home with his information, you'd come home from your work, and we're like, okay, that's what COVID is on the front line. What is going on with these news stories? And it was its own bizarre world. And, and it, it was, it really made me realize, I'm, I'm taking out a project called Media Made Me Sick because I'm talking to these 23, 25-year-olds, one of them works for me now, who have such horrific anxiety, cannot keep meals down, rashes, this, from their media. You know, it is, media is making us sick, mentally, physically, it is. So we have to know that and lean into our own health and our own health is human connection. Right. That's what makes people feel better. I often, I often think to myself that if the TVs were off and the screens were off, how bad would COVID feel for everybody? And of course, we've all been through tragedy and we've been through um, our ups and downs and, and, we, and they're sad stories. But I do think if we turned off the TVs, things would feel a lot better. I think so. Because again, the TVs are showing you the outliers. And the outliers are there to grab your attention and again, provoke an emotion that engages you. The emotion that's most easy to provoke is fear and anger. So I 100% agree. I think if COVID had just come again in the old days where you had it as a section of the evening news, and it wasn't that you saw each person struggling for breath, again, the people, if you're talking about a pandemic, the people in the hospitals and the people in the ICU are the outliers of a pandemic that's the whole population. Right. You're not seeing the 100 million who are asymptomatic. Like You're not seeing footage of them at home watching TV. Right, you're watching the outliers, and you're thinking that's the mean. I remember and that's the, where I think mm -hmm. the. Um, I'm going to be paraphrasing here, but I remember the New York Times. They had they had done a poll where they asked people, um, you know, what percent of people that get COVID nineteen do you think end up in the hospital? And I think the average, it, the number was really high. Uh, the people thought, you know, maybe forty percent, something like that, uh, were hospitalized mm -hmm. if they'd had COVID. And the true number was you know, 1% or somewhere yeah. around, depending on the age, especially if a kid way less than 1%. And I think the the reality of the COVID illness was such a mismatch with what people were actually um, perceiving. And I think yeah. that's, I'm sure media had a big, a big role in that. Again, part of it is not this malicious people behind the scenes, like, ha ha ha, how can we manipulate the world? It's just what's going to get more viewership today? and the next hour, and the next hour, in an endless cycle to keep people activated and watching and engaged. You know, the Social Dilemma talks about Facebook doing these studies of how to keep people completely engaged with fear. And it's working for them because Facebook is, what, worth $500 billion today or something like that? So it, that's how they monetized it, is giving away your attention span, panicked, unable to look away from the screen, to an advertiser. I absolutely never post anything dark or negative because the world's got enough of it. I think people have to be responsible for the energy they put out there because if everyone's leaning into COVID 
when they're annoyed or angry in that moment, they're standing in a line and the line's not moving and I'm going to look at my phone and then we're all doing it. Right. And I think that's the only way to move forward in life is to take responsibility. Absolutely. Laugh a little more, have a little more fun, be with people that you yes. love. On that note, um, let's let's plan something soon where we can take another walk. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on. I know it's a funny thing to say, okay, medical, but I just, you and I have had so many conversations where medicine was almost dictated by media. And I was like, whoa, this is, this is a whole new era of what information is and isn't. And so knowing the people in there, I'm, I'm, all, I'm in the edit phase with them. I'm in the corner offices. I'm in the jets with them because I work with these people. And I know what is actually happening that people don't see. I think it's a really good point to be conscious about what's happening so that we can hopefully, as you said, lean away from the media and lean, lean into the things that are more healthy for us. And you will, it, the more you lean away from media and the more you lean into real people, you will be more hopeful. You will be happier. I'm so appreciative of all of your, your words of wisdom. So thank you very much. My, my pleasure. My, and I lean on you for words of wisdom all the time. So it's nice to have, <laughs> it's, it's an exchange for sure. All right. You're the best. See you soon. Bye. Bye. 